The following is a production of Phoenix Media. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. And now, this episode, Danelli's Protection Racket, Part 6. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Now Superman, faster than an airplane, stronger than a locomotive, able to bend steel bars in his bare hands and leap tall buildings at a single bound. Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who has appeared on Earth from far out in solar space and who goes about among men as Miles Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet. When we last saw him, Superman, in his character of Clark Kent, had just rescued Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, and Editor White from the blazing pine forest near Little Falls, in which Gip Dinelli, head of a gang of petty racketeers, had done his best to trap them. Dinelli himself had fled down the main road, but only to arrange another and even more deadly ambush. As our story continues today, we find him and his henchmen Spike in their black sedan, slowing down along the road and searching for a likely place for what Dinelli has in mind. Listen. What are you looking for, Jim? A place I remember right along here somewhere. Or a little brook, kind of, runs under the road. You know what I mean. Oh, uh, a culvert? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, that's it, a culvert. And when you find it, then what? Uh, okay, this looks like it. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Pull up. Okay. Well, now what? Listen, Spike. That bunch back in the woods. Kent and his pals. What do you think they're going to do next? Oh, them? Oh, how should I know, boys? Get back to town, maybe. Yeah, get back to town. And they still got the briefcase that Dane took out of the cabin. You know what's in that briefcase, Spike? Well, yeah, yeah, sure I do. Records of the take. How much we got out of the racket. And who we got it from. Yeah, and who went after it, too. See? What do you mean, then? I mean, we're all in this dope. You and me and everybody else. Them newspaper guys get back to town with what's in that briefcase. Well, they better not, that's all. Well, listen, boss, that ain't all they can get us for. What about the dame? I know. We gotta fix up the whole bunch of them. All at one crack. And that's just what we're gonna do, Spike. Hey, give me a hand here. Okay. Careful with that stuff. Yeah. You know what it is. No, you didn't tell me. What is it? Just a little box, Spike. You want to plant a little box under this culvert, see? And lead a fuse off in the field behind that fence. 
Gosh, boys. And then when that bunch of wise guys comes along in their car... Listen, how, how do you know they'll be in a the car? They came in one, didn't they? I could ask silly questions. Hey, look, boys. Uh, how are you going to set the fuse for the exact second that they're over the culvert? Uh, uh, how are you going to do that? I don't need to. If there's any place within a hundred feet of where this goes off, they'll be plenty close. Honest? It's something new. Bugsy Leary gave me to try out when I needed to. Half as big and 20 times as strong as TNT and scatters fire all over the place. Help me lug it down there. Uh, hey, listen, boy. So, well, where are you and me going to be when this goes off? Yeah, easy to... There. I'm going to be out in that field so as I can duck in and grab the briefcase when it comes down. And before it burns. What about me? You're going to take this car and go back where we just come from. Hey, listen, Shut what... up and do what you're told. Go back again in them woods. Hide the car and see what's doing. Get it? Okay. If they do what I think they'll do, follow them back here about a half a mile behind. But if they don't, come back quick and tell me, see? They got it. Oh, yeah. One thing more. Some of them might come this way, and some might head for the nearest cop house. If they separate, keep your eye on Kent. Chip, listen. What if he's alone? If he's alone. Well, if he's alone... Do whatever you feel like. I get you. Only make sure it looks like an accident afterward. I get going. You'll be all right? Sure, sure. I can handle the rest of this myself. Get back in the car and head up the road again. Okay. Good luck, boys. They're the ones that need the luck, not us. And meanwhile, back in the edge of the woods, safe from the fire... Kent, Lois, Jimmy, and Editor White wait anxiously for some sign of assistance. Now, let's wait just a few minutes more. If nothing happens by then, you can go back to the car, and I'll go scouting around for the police. Gee, Mr. Kent, don't you think we ought to stick together? Oh, we'll be all right now, Jimmy. Those crooks are miles away. They haven't been picked up. What are you doing with the briefcase, Mr. White? Uh, just giving it a quick going over, Kent. Gee, it's too dark to see much. I can tell you what's in it, Mr. White. All we need to get convictions of Benelli and his whole gang. Honestly? No fooling. I'm sure of it. After I turned my ankle, all I could do was sit there. So I went through those papers just in case. In case what, Miss Lane? Well, in case Danelli's men found me again. And I just had to depend on my memories. Say, Miss Lane, you're all right. That must have taken a lot of nerve. Boy, I'll say, knowing they might be along any minute. Oh, say, look here. I, I think we ought to be getting on. Great Scott, that's right, Mr. White. We shouldn't wait around here anymore. Uh, the car isn't very far, Lois. Now, if we all gave you a hand, do you think you could make it? I'm really anxious to get started with these papers. Me too, Mr. White. You lean on me, Miss Lane. Oh, I'll be all right, honestly. You're sure? Positive, Mr. Kent. <laughs> Jimmy's as good as a crutch, really. Funny as a crutch is what you mean. Oh, come on. This way, I'll pick out the pad. Don't forget the briefcase, Mr. White. A few hundred yards down the winding trail was Lois bravely saying nothing of her injured ankle. And presently, the dim shape of the car loomed out of the trees. Kent helps them in... And insists on staying behind. Look here, Kent. What's the idea? Mr. Kent, aren't you coming along? No, I'm staying right here. Just in case the police come in from the other direction. I want to be here to talk to them. But, Mr. Kent... Oh, I'll be all right, honest. Look, you get going. I'll join you later. Well, if you're sure that's the thing to do, Kent... Let me stay, too. You'll stay right in the car, young man. Oh, you want to get back to town as quick as you can, Mr. White. I'll close up any loose ends up here. All right, Kent. Good luck. Goodbye. Take it easy. Bye. Good luck. Yes, one or 
our two loose ends is just exactly right. And I think Superman can do it better by himself than with three other people around. Now then, first of all, I want to know who that was sneaking around in the woods a while ago. Nobody else heard him, but I did. What the right by my ear? Those last two were bullseyes. Lucky for me, they bounced. There's something else that'll bounce, too. That sharpshooter back there in the woods. No good running, my friend. I didn't do it. I didn't mean nothing. Oh, he's flying through the air. Oh, Just a little oh. target shooting, eh? Good, clean fun. Well, now I'll have some fun. Come here. Let me go. Quit it. Oh. Well, if it isn't my old friend Spike... Where's Donnelly? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't. None of that now. Remember what happened to you last time? No, no, no. Where's Donnelly? I, I don't know. All right, then you'll take a ride up in the air. Up. Oh, oh, hey, hey, put me down. What are you doing? He's taking me up in the air. He ain't human. 200 feet up already, Spike. And a long way down. Where's Donnelly? Quick, or I'll drop you. No, no. He, he's back down the road. He's by the culvert. Culvert? What culvert? What's he doing there? He's waiting for the car. Oh, look out. You're all right. As long as you keep talking. Quick, what's Donnelly doing? I tell you, he's waiting for the car. Whose car? White's? Yeah, yeah, look out. Almost let you go. What's he going to do? Quick. I, I don't know, Alex. I don't. All right, if that's how you feel about it. So long, Spike. Oh, look out. Look out. Look out. Yeah, how'd you like that? Oh, 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 please, please don't go. You're all right. I caught you, but I may not catch you the next time. Depends on how I feel. Now, what's Donnelly going to do? Last chance, Spike. Here you go. No, 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 I'll talk. I'll talk. He's got a new kind of a bomb. He's, he's going to blow up the car when, when it goes over to Culver. Something new in bombs, eh? And that culvert's only about a mile away. They're almost there. Sorry, Spike, you're due for another ride. No, 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 I, I told you. Honey. Sorry, no time to put you down, but you won't get hurt, not this time. But if you ever say a word about what's happened tonight... I won't, I won't, I won't. Remember that, Spike. And now hang on. We're going to make time. We've got to catch that car. When we do catch them... You're going to warn them while I catch Donnelly, understand? Yeah, yeah, whatever you say, only don't drop me. Don't wiggle, Spike. Up we go. Faster. Faster. Still feel all right, Lois? Fine, thanks, Mr. White. Are you heading right back to town? If you don't want to see a doctor. Oh, no, we want to get back to work. Good girl. That's what I think myself. Hey, look. There's a man on the road, way down ahead. Oh, no. No, there isn't. I saw him. I saw him, too, Mr. White, down by the little bridge. He ducked down and ran. He sure got swell lights, Mr. White. Well, he's gone now. And here's where I let her out a bit. Mr. White, what's the matter? Gee, you sure put on the brakes. No, but I didn't. We just stopped. As though somebody grabbed the car from behind. Look, look, there's another man right in front of the headlights. Get back. Get back. Get in reverse, quick. What's he saying? Quick. Hey, dynamite! There's dynamite in the road! Back up, quick! Get away from the cover, quick! Dynamite! Quick. Hang on, everybody! Quick, quick, look out! Look out! like to know what in the world kept us from going on to that culvert. Hey, Mr. White, is that you? Kent. Great Scott. Mr. Kent. How'd he get here? We left him back in the woods. Are you all right? Anybody hurt? Gosh, for a minute, I thought surely... Kent, what's going on here? Uh, who's that you've got there? Chip Tonelli, Mr. White. The big boss himself. I found him lying in the field. He was stunned. Chip Tonelli? Yes. But the other man, the one that waved us back. Oh, that was Spike. You remember Spike, Jim. Hey, gee, I, I thought I knew that guy, but... But now I just turned over a new leaf. We found him just after you left. 
And he told us all about it, so we brought him along by a shortcut. Got here just ahead of you. And he'll back up every word I say. Won't you, Spike? Won't you? Yeah, 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 sure. Say, look. Here come the state troopers. And we've got Spike and Jip Donnelly. And we still got the briefcase, too. Don't forget that. All right, Jimmy. Thanks to you and Miss Lane, the Donnelly gang is smashed for keeps. Clark Kent certainly will have a lot to explain this time. Editor White is asking himself questions almost out loud. How long can Superman keep his secret quiet? Time alone can tell. But meanwhile, there's a brand new assignment coming right up as Kent is set out to follow a weird and exciting story. Tune in next time and don't miss it. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Airplane Disaster at Bridger Field, Part 1. As our story opens today, Kent has returned from dealing with the Dinelli gang of racketeers, has taken up his routine duties in the office of the Daily Planet. Already a new and thrilling assignment lies just ahead. So far, Kent knows nothing about it. You find him at his desk, knocking out a story on his typewriter, while Jimmy Olsen, the planet's copy boy, hangs around in open admiration. Hi, Mr. Kent. Anything I can do for you? Huh? Oh, no. No, thanks, Jimmy. Doing a follow-up on the Denali story? No, this is something else. Oh. Wouldn't be anything about that airplane story, would it? What was that about an airplane story? Gee, didn't you see it? All about them planes crashing down the Bridger Field out west? Boy, it's keen. Oh, I guess I missed it. What's so keen about planes crashing? That's pretty serious. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. It's just that I go for anything about planes. Well, budding pilot, eh? You said it, Mr. Kent. The minute I get old enough. <laughs> well, you've got quite a while to wait, Jim. Eat it now. Go somewhere else while I finish this story. Okay, Mr. Kent. But if I ever get a chance to fly, I'm telling you, the Daily Planet will need another copy boy. Kent. Calling me, Mr. White? Yeah. Come in my office a minute, will you? I got somebody here I want you to meet. Sure thing. Coming right along. Close the door and pull up a chair. Kent, this is Mr. Hamlin of the National Air Service. Flew for Uncle Sam during the war. 
Manager of private transport service now. How do you do, Mr. Hamlin? Glad to know you, Mr. Kent. Uh, you're not handling anything important now, are you, Kent? No, sir. Now that the Dinelli gang is cleaned up, fine. Hamlin's going back west to Bridger Field tomorrow, and you're going with him. Bridger Field? <laughs> you look a little startled, Mr. Kent. You've seen the stories, Kent? Well, I've, I've been hearing about them. Five crashes of planes in two weeks. Uh, that's right, isn't it, Ed? Six. Oh, yes, yeah, six. In the space of the past two weeks, Kent, one of the most remote, least known airports in the country, six brand new transport planes have come down and flamed. What? All of them? Every single one, Mr. Kent. Oh, what's the answer? Well, that's what we'd like to find out. Mr. Hammond's a friend of mine, and I've told him you're a little bit more than the average reporter. Uh, uh, not much more, uh, but a little. I'm giving you quite a build-up, Mr. Kent. If there's a story out there, Kent, you get it. And if you can find out at the same time what's happening to our plane... Great Scott, Mr. Hammond. You mean to say you don't know? Mr. Kent, we haven't the faintest idea. The thing's weird, unbelievable. But what about the pilots? The men on board, what do they say? So far, there haven't been any survivors. What? It's more than an accident, Kent. It's designed. Cold and deliberate and deadly. Mr. White, what makes you say that? Uh, go on, Ed. Tell him what you told me yesterday. Know anything about Bridger Field, Mr. Kent? No, not a thing, except that it's way out in the southwest Rockies. Right. Most desolate country in the world. Down near the border. Completely surrounded by rocks and ravines and miles of desert. If a plane comes down anywhere except on the field, well, it cracks up, that's all. But these planes, the ones you're talking about... I'm getting to that. I just wanted to explain the lay of the land first. Is the field near any town, Ed? Twenty miles, more or less. Del Rio is just over the border. Uh, what's at Del Rio? The oh, usual thing. Gambling joints, racetrack. Oh, yes, yes, uh, the circus. The what? Well, it's one of our amusements. It's the Lawback Tent Show. Have I heard of it? No, not me. Well, it's not a very big one, but it comes every year. and it saves us from dying of boredom. That is, it did until two weeks ago. What happened then? First of the accidents. Oh, since then, we've not been bored. Excuse me, Mr. White. Telegram from Mr. Hammond. Oh, yes, thank you. I, I told them I'd be here. Uh, excuse me, will you, gentlemen? Great heavens. Hey, hey, what's the matter? It's another accident. Yes, another accident. Another plane crashed in flames. Everyone killed just as it approached the field. Ed, what's going on out there? Wait a minute, look here. I've changed my mind. I said we'd go back tomorrow. Ready whenever you are, Mr. Hamlin. This business can't go on. It's devilish and human. There's something behind it. Kent, I'm going to Bridger Field today. If you want to come along, Kent, well, meet me at the city airport in one hour. What's the time, Kent? Four o'clock. Be daylight pretty soon now. Now you can see it getting lighter in the east already. Uh, following wind. Another two hours and we're there. The ship of mine is fast. I only hope nothing else has happened in the meantime. Well, go on with what you were saying, Mr. Hamlin. Oh, yes, yes, uh, about the plane. Yes. I didn't tell you everything, Kent. No? No, I've been saving this for the last. I didn't want you to think I'd gone crazy, lost my mind. What is it? Well, in those six crashes, when we went out and examined the wreckage, there wasn't a trace of a motor. What? No, I don't expect you to believe it, but it's true. The engines of every one of those six planes simply vanished into thin air. And that's one of the reasons I say this whole business is any accident. It's been planned, and someone's behind it. But who is he, Captain? What's he trying to accomplish? What was that? What happened? Hey, there's a hole in the window. Something went through the glass. Take a look back in the baggage compartment, will you, Kent? If there's anything wrong, something may be loose. That might have been a bolt. Call back if you find anything. Mr. Kent! Mr. Kent! What the... 
There's someone aboard. What's that? Mr. Tanner, I'm in the baggage compartment. Hamlin, we've got a stowaway. Jimmy. Jimmy Oates. Don't be sorry, Mr. Kent. I sneaked on board at the airport, Mr. Kent, and I just had to come. You mean to say you've been hiding in there all the way? I wouldn't have come out now, only something's happened. I had to tell you. What are you talking about? Mr. Kent, there's a plane coming up behind. Coming up fast, and they're shooting at us. What? I tell you, they are. Didn't you hear the bullet a minute ago? Look, out and back. You can see your wing lights. You're right. There is a plane back there. And they're shooting with a machine gun. <gasps> Come on, Jimmy. Climb out of that compartment. Something's happened to Mr. Hamlin. Jiminy, the plane. Benning, it's out of control. Quick. Mr. Hamlin. What's he doing? Mr. Hamlin. Listen. Jimmy, Mr. Hamlin's been shot. One of those bullets. Here, quick. Help me get him out of there. I've got to get to those controls. Mr. Kent, can you fly? Yes, enough to land this plane. Quick. I've got him. That's it. I'll lay him on the floor here. Quick, Mr. Kent. Grab the controls. Bring her out of that spin. All right, Jimmy. You look after Mr. Hamlin. I can handle her. Mr. Kent, you got her. What about that other plane? Where is it? Hey, Mr. Kent, they're shooting again. They're right on our tail. They're trying to get over us, Mr. Kent. What do we do? Not much we can do while I'm sitting here. Jimmy, didn't I see a rifle in the baggage compartment? There is one. Do you want it? Bring it here, fast. There's just a chance. Here you are, Mr. Kent. Look here, Jimmy. You said you wanted to fly. Well, now's your chance. What do you mean? More bullets. They'll get us any second now. Quick, Jimmy. Slip in here and take the controls. Hold her just as she is. Can you do it? I'll sure try. Give me the stick. Just as she is now. Hey, Mr. Kent, where are you going? I'm going to take that rifle and climb out on the wing. If there's any shooting being done, I guess we can do it as well as they can. Stay with it now, Jimmy. Hang on to those controls and don't lose your nerve. I'll be all right. Now then, out on the wing... Good thing it's dark. I wouldn't want Jimmy to see his friend Clark Kent take a header into space as Superman, which is just what he's going to do. Out we go. Out and back. Faster. Faster. I think I'll just take one fast dive of their propeller. Here we go. That does it. Down they go. I'll just dive down after them and find out what this is all about. Jimmy. What's the matter with Jimmy? Our plane's going down to it in a tailspin. Gotta get back there. Up we go. Up, up, and faster. Mr. Kent! Mr. Kent, come back! Mr. Kent! All right, Jimmy. Here I am. What's the matter? The plane. It's spinning. It's out of control. What's wrong? Wait, Scott, where'd that oil come from? Take the stick. We're going down. Move over. That's it. I have it. Mr. Kent, that oil. All over the glass. I can't see it. They're broken lines. Sprays over everything. Can't go far this way. The motor. It's missing, Mr. Kent. We've got a land. Hang on, Jimmy. Don't lose your nerve. We'll go as far as we can this way. And then we'll see. Mr. Kent, the motor, it's getting worse. It'll stop running any second now. Listen. High over the wastelands of the southwest, with a missing motor and a wounded man in the cockpit, young Jimmy Olsen and Clark Kent looked desperately for a landing place in the great darkness of early dawn. Who was trying to shoot Hamlin's plane down and why? What can Superman do to foil the plans of an enemy who so far is not even known? Tune in next time and follow the exciting story. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! 
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Airplane Disaster at Bridger Field, Part 2. When we last saw him, Superman, as Clark Kent, was speeding westward in a plane with young Jimmy Olsen, office boy from the Daily Planet City Room, and the badly wounded form of Ed Hamlin of the National Air Service. Another plane followed them and attempted to bring them down with machine gun bullets. With Hamlin badly hurt and young Jimmy at the controls, Superman fought off the mystery ship and returned to help Jimmy, only to find that a broken oil line had put their own plane in imminent danger of crashing. As our story continues today, the plane with its motor failing and Kent at the control searches desperately for a landing place in the great darkness below. Listen. Mr. Kent, what about it now? How are we doing? Can't tell you, Jimmy. We're losing altitude all the time. No telling how much longer we can keep up airspeed. It's still pretty dark. How's Mr. Hamlin doing? I don't know, Mr. Kent. He's moaning a little now and then, but he's not conscious. Take another look below. See if you see anything. Mm, not yet. Wait a minute. I do see something. Mr. Kent, it's a light. And there's, a, there's a light off to the left. There's two sort of streaks out in front of it. What are you talking about? Where? Look, don't you see it? Hey, Scott, Jimmy, that's a railroad. What you see is the headlight of a train and those streaks are the tracks. We're right over it, Mr. Kent. That is, we're over the tracks. The train's back a little ways, but she's coming right along. All right. I can't see much of this oil all over the window, but here goes. Stand by, Jimmy. Grab hold of something. I'm putting her down. See, Mr. Kent, I hope we don't crack up. We hit. We made it. Jimmy, we've landed. Half a minute now till I bring it to a standstill. Look out for Hamlin. Boy, that was perfect, Mr. Kent. I never even got a bump. Grab hold of that flashlight. Out you go now, quick. Open the door and jump down. Mr. Kent, there she comes. Thank heavens we're near the tracks. Run for it, Jimmy. Wave that light. Wave it in circles. Mr. Kent, they'll never see us. They won't stop. Yes, they will. Now, here we are. Now then, stand just where you are and wave that light. They see us. They see us. Hey, anybody back there? What's going on? Hi there. Gee, I'm certainly glad you stopped. What's that? Who are you? Listen, I flagged down the train. We've just had a forced landing in an airplane. Two men and a boy. Where is he, anyhow? Jimmy! Jimmy! Here, Mr. Kent. See, they certainly stopped after all, didn't they? Hey, listen. You say an airplane... Who are you, anyhow? I'm a newspaper reporter on my way to Bridger Field. This is my, uh, my assistant. Oh, boy. Just a little way back, you'll find a wounded pilot in the plane. What's your name? Well, what's that got to do with it? But you must know, it's Kent. Clark Kent. Of the Daily Planet and the best guy in the business. Now, listen, mister. Never mind about our pedigrees. We've got to get our pilot to the nearest hospital. He's hurt. Hospital? Yes. There's a hospital at Del Rio. That's where we're going. Well, lend us a hand, will you? We don't want to hold you up any more than we have to. Here comes your gang, mister. Oh, come on, man. You look as if you'd seen a ghost. Mister, our plane's right near the tracks, and Mr. Hamlin needs help. Let's go. The brakeman of the circus train looks as if he'd seen a ghost, and perhaps he has. For some time later, when Jimmy and Kent are safely aboard, with the wounded Mr. Hamlin in a bunk and the circus train again on its way, 
the brakeman slips into a small, specially soundproof compartment which contains a shortwave two-way radio. He speaks with a strange and little-known figure in Del Rio, the silent man who handles animals for the Lawback Tent Show, who is known as Professor Hagen. Listen. You say the man and the boy are aboard the train now? And the pilot. There was three of them. The pilot looks like he'd been shot. And so he was. He was trailed all the way east. When he started back with that reporter, we sent a special plane to follow them and bring them down. Boss, what's up? Never mind. Something may happen at any moment. Great events are moving toward Bridger Field, my friend. What do you mean? Your job is where you are. The man Kent must not arrive. You understand? I understand. You say there's a boy? Yeah. He had a boy with him when we picked him up. Very well. Possibly you might show the boy and Kent the animals. Huh? Show them the animals? Been on board the train? Precisely, Balto. Show them the snakes. Show them the gorilla. Yes, the gorilla will do very nicely. In the car by himself, isn't he? Boss, listen, he's dangerous. He's half crazy. Excellent, Balto. Make sure of his cage door. You understand what I mean? The cage door? I don't get you. Before you let the man and the boy enter the gorilla's car, make sure of the cage door. Leave the latch off. That's all, Bolton. I get you. I'll... I'll make sure. Is that all? That's all. Report what happened. So we can really look at the animals? Sure, why not? Gosh, isn't he a swell guy, Mr. Kent? Well, he's certainly doing the honors, all right. What's your name, mister? Baldo. They call me Baldo. Watch out for the door. Say, what are we stopping for? We are stopping, aren't we? Yeah, we're stopping, all right. Reckon we take on water here. Gee, this open car is funny. Where's the gorilla? Just ahead. He's got a car all to himself. What's his name? Jojo. Is he, uh, very wild? Wild? Jojo? <laughs> Say, mister, he's so tame, he eats right out of my hand. Gee, what's that? That's Jojo. Hey, he doesn't sound tame. <laughs> he's just having fun. He's lonesome. There, uh, isn't any chance of his getting out of his cage, is there? Out of his cage? Yeah. Mister, that cage is solid steel bars, two inches thick. Here we are. This is Jojo's car. There you are. That's Jojo. Hey, aren't you coming in? I'll be back. I got to see what's doing on the side. You're sure it's all right? Oh, sure. Jojo loves business. Stay as long as you like. Well, that's Jojo, Jimmy. He's certainly big enough. Boy, and how? All right, now, Jojo. All right, it's only us. Mr. Kent, he's getting madder all the time. You don't suppose he can get out, do you? I hope not, Jimmy. He may be as tame as that fellow said, but he might not know us for friends. Mr. Kent, the door, the cage door. Something's going wrong. The door swung open. What do we do? What do we do? He's getting ready to spring. Quiet, Jimmy. Edge back toward the door. Don't make any sudden move. He isn't doing anything so far. He's making up his mind. I'll stay where I am. Mr. Kent, the door. It won't open. It's locked. Locked? It can't be shaken. I tell you, it is. Look out, he's coming. 
coming. Jimmy, make for the window. Jump right through. I'll hold him back. Quick. Mr. Kent. Mr. Kent. Quick, I'll help you. I'll break the glass. There. Out you go. Now then. Come ahead, Jojo. I don't know what's back of this. That door didn't go down by chance, but we can't stop for that now. See what happens when a gorilla beats a Superman. Jojo, sorry about this. I know you're just fooling, but it's mighty rough for anybody else. Don't bite. I'll have to pin your ears back. You can't do a thing to me, Jojo. This is just the beginning of what I'm going to do to you. Get back. I said back. All right, let's see how you bounce. Oh, now you're really angry, eh? All right, I've had enough. Back in your cage, Jojo. Back in your cage. I have to carry you there. Come on. I said, come on, you can't fight me, Jojo. No use, you can't do it. If you try fighting, you'll break your teeth. Here's your cage, Jojo. In you go. There. Quick now. Hold the door back in place. There. That does it. Ah, safe and sound in the cage. Now, where's Jimmy? Where's that brakeman? What's going on? We're moving. We've left the siding. Jimmy. Jimmy, where are you? Jimmy. You there, boss? I'm here, Balto. What's your report? Something went wrong. Wrong? The gorilla got loose. The guy put the kid out the window, then he went to it with the gorilla. Well, well... Boss, he put him back in the cage. What? Balto, you're a fool. It's not possible. But never mind that. There's something far more important. Where's the man Kemp now? Boss, listen... When he put the kid out the window, we was on the side. Yes, yes. Then we started up, and the kid got left. So the guy dropped off and went back. What? Kent's not on the train? Are you sure? I tell you, he's back in the middle of nowhere. Good. This serves just as well. Now, listen, Baldo. Big things will happen in the next few days. Huh? At Bridger Field? At the field. I've just heard something which I'll tell you when I see you. Hurry back, Balto. Hurry back and forget the boy and the man Kent. If they die in the desert, so much the better. Hurry, Balto. I have news when you get to Del Rio. Big things just over the horizon. Danger threatening Bridger Field with the airplane pilots all unknowing. Meanwhile, what of Kent and young Jimmy Olsen, alone in the trackless desert? Tune in next time and follow the exciting story. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Airplane Disaster at Bridger Field, Part 3. When we last saw him, Superman, in his character of Clark Kent, was on his way to Bridger Field, a private airport in the southwest, to investigate a series of mysterious plane crashes. As our story continues today, some time has passed, and Kent and Jimmy have reached Bridger Field. And he and Kent are beginning their investigation. Listen. Here's my office, Kent. Close the door and pull up a chair. Where's young Jimmy? I, I believe he went into Del Rio with one of your men. 
Jimmy's still young enough to be attracted by a circus. I still don't understand how you and Jimmy finally got here. I thought I told you. Jimmy got left on that siding, and I hopped off the train and went back to find him. And we just waited till the next freight came along and rode in on that. But about that gorilla... You're lucky you're still alive to tell about it, Kent. Don't I know it. That wasn't any accident, Hamlin. What? I say that wasn't any accident. That cage door was left unlatched, and whoever did it meant to do it. Good heavens, Kent. Why? Well, that's what I'd like to know myself. And also, why was our plane attacked in the air? Why did they come after us with machine guns? No, it's mad. Perfectly mad. I've had traces out all over the country. That attacking ship has simply vanished. And yet we know it crashed. You said that, didn't you? Oh, yes. Yes, it crashed, all right. But I'm not surprised it vanished. You're not? Hamlin, any power that could bring down six planes during their test flights right over this airport wouldn't have much trouble in disposing of a single plane out in the desert. Can't think what you're saying. I know what I'm saying, Hamlin. I'm absolutely convinced that the cause of the wrecks at Bridger Field is deliberate and human. I beg pardon, sir. Yes? Radiogram just came in. Mark Turgeon. All right, Bailey, you need wait. Excuse me, will you, Ken, please? Yes, certainly. This is news. Am I allowed to ask? Hmm. We're being investigated now, all right? (laughs) There's trouble ahead, Kent. What do you mean? Well, this says arriving Bridger, 1230, and it's signed Fuller. Oh, who's Fuller? Oh, just the president of the National Air Service, that's all. What? That Fuller? Yeah, the president of the lines, Kent. He does things like this all the time. Flies his own plane wherever he goes. Supposed to keep us on our toes and have the big boss drop in by himself and unannounced. Matter of fact, that is... Wait a moment, what's the time now? Quarter past twelve. Hmm, that's about fifteen minutes more time than he usually gives us. What's that? Your clock's out of whack. No, 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 that's the automatic radio warning. Weather report coming out of Del Rio. Oh. Uh, switch it on, will you? Sure. Don't you get weather reports from the government? Oh, yeah, sure. We just use this as a check. Funny how often they don't check. <laughs> Wait till it warms up, Norman. All right, here it comes. Thanks, Italian Broadcasting Station. Del Rio weather forecast for northern Sonora and Chihuahua. Important. Storm coming. Plane will meet arriving scale in next or possibly few hours or minutes, they should use precaution for all our gale force. I will repeat. Weather oh, shut it off, shut it off. He's out of his mind. <laughs> That's the dizziest line of talk I ever heard. Well, to be fair to the fellow, you see he's a Mexican translating into English as he goes along. Oh. But even then, there aren't any gales coming. Oh, is he always that far off base? Oh, no, no. Only on his really important stuff. Mm-hmm. When he says important, you can almost bet he'll be wrong. <laughs> well, now, getting back to the trouble. Yes, there are several mighty interesting points, Hamlin. For one thing, what happened to the motors? Mm-hmm. You remember you told me in the plane just before you got hurt that in every single one of the wrecks when you got to them, you found the motors missing? Mm, that's right. They simply vanished. Well, how do you explain it? Can't I can't explain it. It's fantastic. Not possible. I beg pardon, sir. Yes, what is it, Bailey? It looks like a dust storm coming up, sir. Dust storm? Where's it coming from? Over in the northeast, sir. Hey, that's sort of bad, isn't it, Hamlin? What about Mr. Fuller? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. He has lucky to get here just about the same time the storm does. And that'll be our fall, too. Go on out to the field, Bailey. I'll be right out. We're expecting a plane. Very good, sir. Come along, Kent. There's really a dust storm coming. It's something to watch. All right. What are they doing with those planes? Getting them under cover. Say, wait a minute. That does look like a storm at that coming right down the valley. (laughs) 
Alan, I think you did that Mexican announcer an injustice. Nonsense. He said Gale's not the strong. Well, maybe in Mexican they're the same thing. Hey, that seems pretty terrifying. Is it as bad as it looks? Well, it gets good and dark. Then everything is inches deep in dust. Uh Uh-huh. Thank heavens we don't get many of them, though. What I'm really worried about is Fuller. He'll turn back when he sees it, won't he? Him turn back? (laughs) You don't know him. How can he see the lamb? He can't, unless he gets here first. When did he say he'd get here? 12.30, wasn't it? Must be pretty near that right now. Is he prompt? On the nose. Maybe sooner. Because if he's coming from the west, he's got a following wind. What do you mean? The wind's with the storm, isn't it? No, no. Only near the ground. I haven't time to explain it all now. Mr. Hammond? Yes? There it is. Wind coming in from the west. Hmm. Where? I don't see it. Yeah, there it is. It's just a speck. It's growing all the time. Well, the fool, he can see what's happening. Why doesn't he turn back? Hey, if he doesn't work fast, he'll meet the dust head on. Coming down the valley hard, Hamlin. Say, there's some in the air already. Can't you better get inside? Get under shelter. When it hits, it's bad. I may do that. It gets into your throat and your eyes. Wait a minute. Where is he now? Coming fast, sir. I don't think he'll make it. The dust will get here before he can get down. Bailey, warn the ambulance crew. Tell him to stand by for a crash. Hamlin, he's lower. He's going to try to make it. Oh, it's touch and go. No, we ought to go back. Look, he's down to a thousand feet, and here comes the dust. Kent, Kent, you get back. Get inside the house. Okay, Hamlin. This isn't my job. I'll see you later. What's going on up there? What's happening? Mr. Hamlin, sir. He's trying to bank. He's going back. No, he'll never make it. Now he hasn't a chance. Baby, look. Mr. Hamlin. What the? He's in flames. He's burst into flames. No, it's just like all the others. He's on fire and he's going to crash. Emergency. Quick, quick, run for it. Not much time for this. Thank heavens for the storm. At least they think Clark Kent's still back in the house. Now for that plane. Up, up, faster, higher. Getting there. Noise of fire blazing. I was afraid of that. I thought they'd do it, whoever they are. Quick, quick. Gotta catch that plane before it crashes. Here we are. Oh, what heat. Now then, right through the cabin. Fuller! Mr. Fuller! Oh, help! Help! I can't see. Who's that? Uh, he's out. Unconscious. Great heavens, it's like a furnace. Motor's on fire. Quick, over my shoulder. We're almost on the ground. Going to crash any second. Out! Out and away! So, uh, Mr. Fuller, you're sure you feel all right now? Yeah, certainly. Perfectly all right. That was a nasty crash, Mr. Fuller. I don't think I know this gentleman, Hammond. I beg your pardon, sir. He's the fellow that pulled you out of the wreckage. We didn't even know he was there. Well, that wasn't anything. He hadn't got you when he did, well... Oh, sir, I'm obliged to you. He's Mr. Kent, sir. Clark Kent. Mr. Kent, all I can say is thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, now then, Hamlet, I'm here for two reasons. First, to find out what's been going on. We'd like to know that ourselves, sir. Oh, disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. What's it all about, eh? Mr. Fuller, sir, we don't know. We haven't any idea. If I'd known you were coming, I'd have warned you off. Warned me off, eh? Warned me off? Well, well, sir, you saw what happened, even to you. Precisely. And I shall stay here till the whole thing is solved. But that's not the most important thing, Hamlin. No, sir. Hamlin, this is Tuesday. Quite so. On Thursday evening, just 48 hours from now, or slightly more, this field will entertain a most distinguished visitor. What? Distinguished visitor? Coming here? Here and nowhere else. At the moment, I can't tell you who or what this visitor is. But if anything should happen here at the field... But, Mr. Fuller, sir, really, he shouldn't come. Shouldn't come? No, under the circumstances, I I can't be responsible. Why must he come to Bridger? He's coming to Bridger for good and sufficient reasons. I can't tell you any more than that, except that you will be responsible. Well, Mr. Fuller, if you'll allow me a word, I 
think Mr. Hamlin is right. Unfortunately, sir, this is a decision for ourselves. Not that I mean to be rude, you understand, Hamlin. You have 48 hours to make Bridgerfield secure and prepare for our guest. That's all. I beg pardon, sir. No, 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 no. Not now, Bailey. Mr. Kent, sir. Uh, yes? It's the boy, sir. Young Jimmy Olsen. Well, what? Is, is he hurt? Has anything happened? No, sir, but he's back from Del Rio. Back from the circus, Mr. Kent. And he says he's got to see you right away. He says it's important for you to come whatever you're doing. He says he's got to see you. Events come marching thick and fast at the lonely airport of Bridger Field. Can Superman solve the mystery in 48 hours' time? Can he prevent accident to the distinguished visitor arriving on a mysterious errand? And what has young Jimmy Olsen discovered at the Lobeck Tent Show, where Professor Hagen works out his sinister plan? Tune in and follow the next exciting chapter of Superman. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. And now, this episode, Airplane Disaster at Bridger Field, Part 4. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, mighty visitor from another world who came to Earth when the planet Krypton was destroyed by quakes and explosions. Superman, who can bend steel in his bare hands, leaps tall buildings at a single bound, raises feeding bullets to its target, and who walks about among human beings as champion of the weak and the oppressed, in his character of Clark Kent, news reporter. When we last saw him, Kent was in the Southwest with Jimmy Olsen, copy boy of the Daily Planet, to investigate a series of mysterious crashes among test planes at lonely Bridger Field. While Jimmy had gone to the circus in the nearby town of Del Rio, just across the border, Kent had barely prevented another tragedy when a plane bearing Mr. Fuller, the president of the company, arrived unexpectedly and burst into flames over the field. Rescued, the president told Kent and Ed Hamlin, manager of the airport, 
that in 48 hours a distinguished visitor would arrive at Bridger Field, and that it was up to Hamlin to prevent any further accident. At that moment, a field attendant came in to announce that young Jimmy had returned from the circus and wished to see Kent at once. As our story continues today, an hour has passed. Kent and Jimmy are being driven across the border to Del Rio, and Jimmy has amazing news. Listen. All right, Mr. Kent. I'll start talking. But first, who's the important visitor Mr. Fuller said was coming to Bridger Field? Well, I'm not sure, Jimmy. Mr. Fuller wouldn't say, but you know what the National Air Service does. They make planes, don't they? Well, very special planes. They do a lot of experimenting. If I'm not mistaken, this visitor isn't a man at all. It's some brand new type of plane, and they're bringing it to Bridger Field because it's the most out-of-the-way place they can think of to test it. Boy, that hitches up with what I found out at the circus. What do you mean? Well, I was sort of in an alleyway there by the tents. Yeah? And all of a sudden, I saw that brakeman who was on the circus train, and he tried to grab me. What did you do? Boy, I lit out. I ducked around a bunch of wagons, and he never did find out where I went. And then came the next thing. Go on. Well, Mr. Kent, I pulled up alongside a little shack, you know. I wanted to get my wind. And yes? All of a sudden, I heard a couple of guys talking inside. And they were talking about airplanes at Bridger Field. They were? Who were they? You wouldn't believe it, Mr. Kent. One of them was a circus strongman. They called him a Russian. His name was Fodor. And the other was Professor Hagen. Hagen? Who's he? He's the animal trainer. I saw him put on his act at the circus. That's how I knew. Hagen trains all the wild animals. And boy, is he good. Yeah, well, never mind that. What were they saying? You'd never believe it. I heard one of them mention Bridger Field. Yes? I think it was Hagen. Then I began to listen. So... You say something is going to happen, Professor. In a very short while, Fodor. Shorter even than they think at Bridger Field. And the fools, they think they have until the day after tomorrow. From information I have just received, they will have no longer than tonight. No. Are you sure? Not positive, Fodor. Merely sure enough to take all precautions. The final message will come later in the usual way. Oh, you mean by that, Joe. But tell me, Professor... What is this thing which happens at the airfields? They think they've found something new, Photo. Something in flying machines never before realized. And secret. So secret that not even the officials at Bridger Field know what comes. But I know, and I tell you now, Photo, it will never come. It will go the way of all the others. You must tell me, Professor. Why do you do this? Why do I bring down the planes? Never mind why, my friend. We are well paid, you and I. That is all we need to know. The rest does not concern you, does it? Oh, no, no. I, I was just... I, I just asked. As I say, Fodor, I leave at once for the cabin in the hills. Your job will be to stay here and see that nothing goes wrong. Once I have arrived and arranged the new wiring... There will be no further occasion for the radio. But until then, Professor... Until then, later tonight, there may be one last message. I shall receive that wherever I happen to be. Now, come. We've wasted too much time already. Come, my And that's all I heard, Mr. Kent. Jimmy, I should say you heard plenty. But, Mr. Kent, what does it all mean? It means Professor Hagen, masquerading as an animal trainer in the circus, is responsible for all those plane accidents. But, Jimmy, what we need is proof. Without it, we can't do a thing. We don't even know what's going on. We only guess. What's Hagen actually doing? Where's this mysterious cabin in the hills? And above all, Jimmy, what's he going to do when he gets there? I'm with you, Mr. Kent. Where do we start and when? The minute we get to Del Rio. And as to where, 
Well, I think we'll have a look at that shack in the circus grounds. Now, hang on, Jimmy. I'm going to tell our pal out in front to put on a little more speed. Well, it got dark in a hurry, all right. Good thing they're not giving a show tonight. They're going to move out tomorrow. Maybe that's why. Is this the shack? Yep, this is it. Quiet, Mr. Kent. Yeah, sounds like a menagerie. We're right in the heart of the circus, all right, Jimmy. We were lucky finding that hole in the fence. What about the shack, Mr. Kent? Uh, I think it's empty. Let's see if the door's open. What if they catch us? We'll have to chance it. Oh, good. It's unlocked. Come on, Jimmy. Gee, you were right, Mr. Kent. It is empty. Close the door. We want to look around. Lucky I've got a flashlight. Look there, Mr. Kent. Yes, that explains the sudden disappearance of Hagen and the strong man. It's a trap door into the cellar, and it's open. Golly, who'd have thought a little shack like this would have a cellar? Hey, Mr. Kent, are you going down there? Certainly. If our scheming friends went down here, it's more than just a cellar. Why, there's a tunnel down here. Are you there, Jimmy? I'm coming, Mr. Kent. Hey, it is a tunnel. Regular flight of steps. Where do you suppose it goes? Shh, that's allowed. Come on, Jimmy. Keep close behind me. Listen, that sounded like it came from down ahead. I think it did. Our friend Professor Hagen built this shack right over the entrance to an underground cave. Come on. Mr. Kent, which way will we go? Just aim toward that light. Come on, Jimmy. I think it opens out into a kind of a room or chamber in the rock. What? What if there's somebody in there? If there is, I hope it's Hagen. If what he said was true, there's not much time for fooling around. Come on. Here's the room. Take it easy. The old place seems to be absolutely deserted. Wonder where they all are. Gee, what's that? Quiet. Mexicali Broadcasting Station, Del Rio. It's the radio. Quiet, Jimmy. Weather call, forecast for northern Sonora and Chihuahua. Give me a pencil. Quick, quick. Attention, please. Thanks. This is final report. Important storm coming. Special precautions obtained. We'll be deriving rain near midnight. Set all master signals which say, take shelter. Must avoid wind. Not trying to miss. That is all. Gee, that was the dizziest stuff I ever heard. Did he say it was a weather report? That's what he said, but I'm beginning to think... Look here, Jimmy. The men in the shack this afternoon, Hagen and Fodor. Didn't they say something about a radio? Mr. Kent, someone's coming. What? Uh, you're right. Down the stairway from the shack. We've got to get out of here quick. No, it's too late. We can't make it, Jimmy. They'd see us if we tried it now. Back, back. Listen, what if they come right into this room? Quiet. Got the chance, back quick. I'll stay up and open the biscuit. Get in that closet. No, I'll stay with you. Don't argue, Jimmy. Slide in that closet. Keep the door closed. Okay. Remember, whatever happens, keep that door closed. Looks as though there might be something doing pretty soon. If there is, I don't want Jimmy around when Superman does his stuff. Huh? Whoever it is, he's coming this way. Right into this room. Who is in there? If anyone is in the room of Professor Hagen. Ah, what you do here? Oh, nothing. Just looking around. What you do down here? How you get in? Same way you did. Down the stairs. You know who I am. I am Fodor, strongman. Well, that's very interesting. You down here where you do not belong. You thief. Very well. I show you what we do with teeth. Careful, Fodor. Don't get too close. I bend crowbar in naked hands. Maybe I show you how, yes? Look out. 
I bend strong men. I'm warning you, Fodor. This is what we do to Chief. So. Easy. Easy. You'll hurt your hand. And I pick you up. I throw you through wall. Oh, no. Not today, Fodor. On the other hand. Hey, hey, now, what you do? Hey, I catch you. Wait. I hit you a table. Sorry, Fodor. Now it's my turn. And as I said, I've been strong men. Double them up like jackknives. How's this one, Yarner? Now you're in the way. I think you said something about throwing me against the wall. Well, see how you like this. I think that takes care of Fodor. Now, back to Jimmy as Clark Kent. All right, Jimmy. You can come out. Say, Mr. Kent, what happened? I heard terrible crashes. Oh, just a little argument with your friend Fodor, the strong man. He's over there on the corner. God, Mr. Kent, don't tell me you'll lick the strong man. Well, didn't exactly lick him, Jimmy. He more or less tripped. Fell on his neck. Uh, that was the crash you heard. Golly, he's out like a light. Hey, what are you doing? Jimmy, there's no time to lose. If anybody heard that row, they'll be after us. And if we expect to find anything here, we better start looking now. No. Not over there. Jimmy, we'll start looking right here. Mr. Kent, what do you mean? Jimmy, this piece of paper. I took down what that Mexican announcer said over the radio. You did? Before? Because maybe it's only a hunch. I can't be sure. No, it's not a hunch. I was right. Jimmy, look here. Look. Look at what? What has Clark Kent found in the dimness of Professor Hagen's hideout far underground? What is he staring at so fixedly? And what can he do to save the mysterious airplane due to arrive so soon at Bridger Field? Tune in next time and follow the story. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loop Crate subscription box, yeah, with exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loop Crate, the Loop Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loop Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Airplane Disaster at Bridger Field, Part 5. When we last saw him, Kent was still investigating the cause of mysterious airplane crashes at lonely Bridger Field in the southwest. With young Jimmy Olsen, copy boy on the Daily Planet... He had gone to the grounds of the Laubeck Circus at Del Rio. 
in the hope of finding the connection between the accidents and the strange figure of Professor Hagen, apparently a simple animal trainer. In reality, an inventor of terrible and deadly machines. In Professor Hagen's underground hideout, they had been surprised by Fodor, a strong man of the tent show. But Fodor was no match for Superman. As our story continues today, Jimmy has emerged from his hiding place in a closet and is gazing with awe at the unconscious figure of the strong man crumpled on the floor in a corner. Suddenly, an exclamation from Superman, now back in his character of Clark Kent, brings him to the table which holds Professor Hagen's radio. Listen. Jimmy, if I'm not mistaken, this piece of paper here on the table is just what we're looking for. What do you mean? What's on the paper, Mr. Kent? It's that weather report we heard on the radio when we came in. What of it? Look here. Read it, Jimmy. Read it out loud. Listen, Mr. Kent, no fooling. We haven't got time for that stuff. I think we have. Read it. Um, important storm coming. Special precaution for planes. Will meet arriving rains near midnight. Set all master signals which say take shelter. Must avoid wind. Not try to miss. That is all. What's it all about, anyway? Make much sense? Hmm, I don't know. I suppose it's an ordinary weather report, all right. I wonder. Now, listen to this. It's another report, one I heard at the airport just before the dust storm. And before Mr. Fuller's plane came in and went up in flames. Listen, Jimmy. Mr. Kent, what about Fodor? He's beginning to move. Look. He won't move far. Get this, Jimmy, and see if it means anything. Now, listen. Storm coming. Planes will meet arriving gales in next or possibly few hours or minutes. They should use precautions. For all are gale force. Now, what do you make out of that? Not much, Mr. Kent. It sounds a lot like the other one. Yes, doesn't it? And the funny part of it is that there haven't been any gales or rains or anything at all except a dust storm, which he didn't even mention. So what? So these weather reports either aren't much good or they aren't weather reports at all. There's something else. Mr. Kent, what do you mean? I think it's a code, Jimmy. Now, let's see. Try crossing out every other word. Special. No, that doesn't help. What about every third word? Jimmy, I believe that's it. Look. Mr. Kent, you got it. Gee whiz. Take the first message here, the one I heard at the airport. If you take every third word, it reads, Planes arriving next few minutes. Use all force. Great Scott. Gee, that's it, all right. Almost at once, President Fuller's plane did come in. But it's his plane. Oh, that's all right. They'd understand. Now for the other message. The one we just heard. Quick. Look, Mr. Kent. This is a code, too. Special planes arriving midnight. Masters say must not miss. You've got it. Do you understand what that code message means, Jimmy? Well, it, it means there's a plane coming to Bridger Field. I can understand that much. And that somebody's being told to bring it down. Do you know what that plane is? It's the one Fuller spoke about. The special brand new mystery ship. The one they've been experimenting on for months. Gee whiz. More than that. Hagen knows something that even Fuller doesn't know, Jimmy. What is it? That ship wasn't expected at Bridger Field till day after tomorrow. But apparently it's coming tonight. Tonight at midnight. Mr. Kent, what are we going to do? We're going to play it like this, Jimmy. You get back to Bridger Field as quick as you can. And I'll stay here. Listen, you better come too, Mr. Kent. No, there may still be something to find out. Hagen may come back. And if he does... But he won't come back. He, he's gone. I heard him say so. He's going to take charge of wrecking the plane. And that's the one thing we don't know. We don't know where he is. But we can guess. How? Jimmy, it's somewhere up in the hills. With a direct view of Bridger Field. It must be. Come on. Where are you going? Get you out of here. Up to the shack. Up you go, Jimmy. Mr. Kent. 
hate to run off and leave you like this. Don't worry about me. Now look here now, Jimmy. When you get to Bridger Field, find Hammond. Tell him what we found out. Tell him to get searching parties out and scour all trails into the hills. Get that? I've done it. Tell him to find all the cabins he knows anything about. Particularly the ones that look down on the field. And tell him to work fast. I'll tell him. Tell him that we think now their mystery plane is coming in at midnight. Tell him whatever he does, it's got to be before then. Now get going. Beat it. So long, Mr. Kent. I'll hurry all I can. Well, you have news, Hodor? Professor, the man and the boy, they were here in the tunnels. What? The man, Kent? Where is he now? He sent the boy away. He suspects something, Professor. Let him. Is he still about? I think he comes back. I think I hear something. Very well. Listen now, Fodor. This time there must be no mistake. If that man leaves the tunnels, all my plans may be spoiled. Yeah, I, I do my best. Just beyond my chamber in the tunnels, you know what is there, yeah. Fodor. Yeah, I know. Be prepared. I shall help you. You will hear my voice over the wires. You will think I am the next room. He will break in. When he does that, Fodor... Yes, I understand, yeah. There must be no way out. Remember that. It must appear to be an accident. Yeah, sure. He lost his way. I shall arrange it. And just in case, remember, Fodor, he has been strangely successful before. Have a rifle ready. A rifle, Professor. Yeah, he comes. I hear him in the tunnel. That is all. Go, Fodor. Go quickly before he finds you and see what happens to him now. my hands on the professor. Or if I don't, my friend Fodor will do. What? What the? Where is he? I left him right there in the corner. Fodor, where are you? No use hiding. Fodor! Fodor is no longer where you can reach him, my friend. Who's that? Who are you? Where's that voice coming from? I am the one whose plans you would like to know. I am Hagen, Mr. Kent. Loudspeaker, that's what it is. Must be somewhere right nearby. Well, if I find him... I'm not far off. Merely in the next room. Next room. And we'll just see how strong the walls are. Ah, and through the walls. Where are you, Hagen? Scott, it's a regular cabin. What the... Tigers. Bengal tigers. Ah, oh, going to spring, eh? All right, spring. Ah, ah. Got him. What are these hands? Don't try to claw me. You can't get up. Oh, all right. You want to get up? See how you like this. And this. And this. There now. Put it on home. Go on, scat. What? Now it's bullets, eh? Tigers don't work. Why, it's my old friend, Bodor. Well. No use, Bodor. Bullets just bounce. Someday I may tell you why, but meantime I want to talk with you. Don't run off, Fodor. Wait, you can't get away. Don't run, stop him. You let me go, put me down. Where's Hagen, Fodor? Hagen, I do not know. Now, you, you, you stop it, wait. Quick, where is he? I won't be so gentle next time. I am here, somewhere in cabin. I know that. But where? Huh, I do not know. He never told me. What? Oh, no, that is all I know. He never said where cabin is. Only up in his that is where he is now. Well, what about his voice? I heard his voice. Ah, wires. He picks wires when he gets there. He hears everything. All right. And maybe he'll hear this. I'm coming for you, Hagen. 
I'm going to get you. And meanwhile, if you hurt the boy... No, no, no. Hagen has not got boy. He said that to make you mad. Oh, he did, eh? And you've certainly succeeded. I'm coming, Hagen. I'll search every mountain around Bridgerfield, and when I find you... Plane! Hagen, go up there to get plane! I know. And it's coming at midnight. That means there isn't much time. Look out for yourself, Hagen. Here I come. Superman is on his way, but not even he knows just where to go. Somewhere high up in the hills is the cabin from which Professor Hagen plans swift and deadly destruction of the airplanes at Bridger Field. Can Superman get there in time to prevent tragedy? And what of Jimmy, already racing back to give warning? Climax is at hand. Tune in and follow the story. Up in the sky. Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Airplane Disaster at Bridger Field Part 6. When we last saw him, Kent was in the southwest at Lonely Bridger Field with young Jimmy Olsen, copy boy on the planet, investigating the connection between the man known as Professor Hagen, animal trainer in Lawbeck Circus, and the series of mysterious crashes among cat planes of the privately owned National Air Service. Finding evidence of Hagen's plans in the caverns below the circus grounds, Superman had taken off in a last desperate attempt to save a brand new mystery plane, last word in aviation science, due to reach Bridger Field at midnight. As our story continues today, not much time is left. Moonlight shines down on the slopes of the Rockies and on the search party headed by young Jimmy and Ed Hamlin of the airport, making their way up the narrow trail by muleback. And also on the tiny cabin in which Hagen makes his deadly machine ready. Listen. Ah, so it works well. Most instructive, eh, Carl? What is it, Professor? What exactly does it do? Yeah, if the capable Pedro were here, he could show you to the Queen's state. Why did you send him back to Del Rio? Back to Del Rio? By no means, Carl. Merely down the trail to operate the signal devices. You think there is someone coming? I'm quite sure of it. Thanks to that interfering newspaper man, Mr. Clark Kent. What will you do? I believe he sent out a party to scour the trails above Bridger Field by muleback. Professor... If they do that, they'll find the cabin. Here? Rest easy, Carl. Much will happen before they reach here. Now, see? Watch what occurs when I focus the machine. I see nothing at all. Professor. Yes? What does the teleflame do? That is my secret, Carl. It stretches out into the dark, silently, invisibly, till it meets the metal of the plane's engine. Then what? Then heat. Terrific heat. Ten times hotter than the electric arc. The metal is made white hot, then incandescent. Then it gives way and disappears in the form of gas. It is gone, Carl. Completely gone. That's why they found the no motors in the wrecks. Just so. And it is also why they will find no trace of this mystery ship at all. It will vanish completely, Carl. Like a puff of smoke in the wind. In exactly... In something less than nine minutes. Now... 
Stand by again while I make another adjustment. But be careful, my friend. Be careful to keep well out of range. Now. Watch out, Jimmy. Don't try to guide the new one. I'm not, Mr. Hamlin. He knows more about these trails than you do. Now, wait, let's pull up under there. Oh, Roy. Oh, whoa. You think we ought to stop, Mr. Hamlin? How much time is there? Wait till I take a look at my watch, Jimmy. Mm. Eight minutes to twelve. See, if that's right, Mr. Hamlin, we got to keep going. There isn't time to stop. We're doing all we can. Say, Jimmy, did Kent tell you just where to find this cabin? No, he, he wasn't sure. He said it was someplace that overlooked the field. Oh, oh, then we're on the right track. Up ahead away, we'll find the shack. Mr. Hamlin, come mm. on. We've got to find the cabin. Well, take it easy, boy. Hurrying will just get us killed. Can't take these narrow trails at a gallop. Where are we? Where have we got to? Wait a minute. Let's see. We're on what's called the Chasm Trail. Right up ahead is the narrowest part of it. You see where the moonlight shines against the rock? Golly, it looks plenty narrow. Mm, it is. It's sort of a shelf. Sticks out over nothing. Now, what about it? Are you game to try it? If it'll stop what's going to happen down there in our field, I'll try it. Listen, Mr. Hammond. Mm? What about the others? Where do you think they've got to? The other trail parties? Well, one of them took the hog back, and the third went around by Sunset Canyon. Are there cabins up there, too? Yes, indeed, and they all have a view of the field. Well, come on, let's get going, Mr. Hamlin. Mm -hmm. If there is anything up there, we've got to find it in the next seven minutes. Mm. Better let me go ahead, Jimmy, especially when we get to the shelf. All right, but I'll be right behind. Mm, Be careful now. If your mule loses his footing, throw yourself against the rocks on the inside of the trail. Is he... is he apt to do that? Mm, well, no, but then you never can tell. It's a long way down. Now, now, now watch it, Jimmy. Here's the shelf. Just follow right straight along and don't look down. I couldn't anyway. It's too dark to see much, mm. except where the moonlight is. Golly, it's now. All right. Come on, Jimmy. Don't stop. You want to get off this place. The cabin's just up ahead away. Mr. Hammond, how far is it across the shelf? Oh, four or five hundred yards. Oh, keep going. Mr. Hammond, listen. Huh? What's that noise? What? It's a slide. There's a rock slide up on the mountain. Get going, Jimmy. From the sound, it might be coming right down here. But where are we going, Mr. Hammond? Right, right on ahead. It's quicker than going back. No. No, we can't do it. Look. Huh? Something just came down right on the trail. Boulders. Big ones. Get back. Get back against the rock. Mr. Hamlet, it's coming straight for us. Get off that mule. Quick, Jimmy. Now, duck behind him. That's the way. That's it. Now, quick. Crawl right against the rock. Hurry up. Quick. It's coming. It's coming. Down from the top of the mountain hurtles the mass of rock and earth. But suddenly another sound fills the air. A great rushing of wind. Superman comes streaking over the trail. It's Jimmy. Jimmy and Ed Hamlin. They're right under that slide. Down. Down. Here she comes. I can divide that slide right here. It'll jump the shelf and never touch them. Now. Come. Right in the middle. Oh. It's working. It's dividing. They're going to be all right. Oh, going right over their heads. Uh. Now for Hagen. It's just time to stop him before midnight. Up, up, and away.
Almost ready now. What's the clock say, Carl? Two minutes to twelve. Two minutes to go. Two minutes more, my Carl, and we are now paid. Professor, yes. is there any sign yet of the plane? Oh, not yet. Will it be on time, do you think? I think so. If what I've heard is true, it flies to the split second. Machine, yes. is it ready? Quite ready, Carl. When the plane appears, I start the teleflame in operation. Once started, it will do its work wherever it is pointed. But mind, my friend, keep out of its way. Professor, yes. look. Up there in the west. Lights. Wing lights of a plane, Carl. That's it. It's coming. Just a few seconds more now till it gets above the field. It's coming like a lightning bolt. Professor Hagen, what speed? Look. And when it hits the Hagen teleflame, it will be even more like a lightning bolt, Carl. It will burst into flames like a meteor. Now I start. I start the teleflame. I hear it. I hear it flying. Oh, no, don't be ridiculous. You can't hear it this far off. You hear the teleflame. No, it's not the teleflame. It's something else. Right over our heads. Professor, look. Look! Now then, the plane is above the field. Good thing the moon is up so we can see. Now watch, Carl. Watch. Professor! There's a man! A man in the sky right over us! Here he comes! Drop that machine! Shut it off! Who's that? Carl, stop him! Get him! I said stop that machine! Professor, look out! Quick! Too late, my friend! Now! Now! No, it's not too late! Just watch this, Hagen. He's got the machine. Carl, stop him. Shoot him. He's turning it around. Stop. Stop. Now then. He's pointing now. it at us. Look out. The, the whole cabin is coming down. Look out, Carl. Look out, Carl. Shoot him. Let him go. Stop, Jimmy. Pull up. Oh, boy, that was a narrow escape. Gosh, that rock slide almost got us, Mr. Mm. Hamlin. What about the cabin? Where is it? Never mind the cabin. Look down the valley. Toward the field, Jimmy, look. The plane. I see its lights. The plane. And look, look, she's circling for a landing. She's coming down. Mr. Hamlin, what if she goes up now? What if she catches fire? The cabin, make for the cabin. No, 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 no. it's too late for that. She's got a chance at it. Wait a minute. Look. Jimmy, look. Look, they're down. They've made it. They've landed and they're safe, Jimmy. They're safe. Hi there. Did I hear voices? Ken, Mr. Ken. Golly, where did you come from? Up the other trail. Did you see what happened? Oh, Ken did. We just watched it. The plane safe and sound at Bridgefield. But the cabin, Mr. Ken. What about the cap? Oh, the cabin. It's, uh, it's right up ahead. I've just come from there. You have? Well, what about Professor Hagen? Was he there? Did he have a machine? Oh, yes. Yes, he was there, all right. And he had his machine. All right, all right. Then th then what happened? Hamlin, I don't know. Something must have gone wrong. Instead of hitting the plane, Hagen's machine hit Hagen and then destroyed the cabin. Whatever it was, it's gone now. Hagen and his machine are finished forever. Ken, are you sure of that? Absolutely positive. It's a promise. And now what do you say we get back down there and see what this mystery ship looks like, eh? Jimmy and I have a swell story to file for our paper back east. Oh, boy, I'll say we have. Let's go, Mr. Kent. Just in the nick of time, Superman saves the day. The mystery plane, last word in man's conquest of the air, rests safely at Bridger Field. And Clark Kent, 
scores a tremendous scoop. But there's another assignment on the way. Even as he speeds eastward again with Jimmy, a strange and unbelievable mystery takes form ahead of him. Tune in next time and follow the story of Superman. Up in the sky! Look! It's the bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Buffalo Hills, Part 1. As our story opens today, Kent has returned from Bridger Field after solving the mystery of the wrecked airplanes and is about to pick up a new assignment. He is in the private office of city editor Perry White of the Daily Planet. And White is staring at him across the desk in some surprise. Listen. And Neil honestly mean to tell me you've never heard of Buffalo Hills? Well, only just this minute, Chief. No fooling. What is it, a national game preserve? Buffalo Hills, Kent, is about to become a national shrine. Oh, now I remember. It's where they carved the pictures in the side of a mountain. Well, now you're waking up. Uh-huh. Enormous sculptures, Kent. Scenes representing the early history of the pioneers. Carved in granite half a mile up in the air in the face of the cliff. Yes, haven't they been at it for five years or oh, something? more than that. Now they're finished. Next week comes the big unveiling. Uh-huh. Oh, you'll like Buffalo Hills. Fine air, wonderful views. And, of course, that's Al Carson's state. Al J. Carson? The reform governor? Oh, so that's what it is. You think there may be trouble, eh? Oh, I didn't say so, Ken. Oh, I understand, Mr. White. Well, Carson's had a fight on his hands. He's cleaned up the state, well, but there's a certain gang that's sworn to get him. Yes, wasn't he shot at just last week? Yes, for the third time. Mm. They send a heavy police guard wherever he goes. I don't know... Now, if I were a crook and wanted to get a well-known public figure, well, what would you do? I'd pick a time when he was out in the open with lots of people. Yeah, just so. Now, for instance, the ceremonies at Buffalo Hills where Governor Carson will make the chief address. See? Uh-huh. Steady room. White. Who? Hatch. Well, what is he? Oh, yes, yes. Certainly I know him. Certainly. All right. Let him come up. All right, Mr. White. I'll be running along, then. Got to get tickets and expense money. Uh, stick around, Ken. You ever meet Asa Hatch? The old man who takes pictures? Mm, he's an old friend of mine, Ken. Pioneer, Indian fighter, scientist, scholar, probably the best landscape photographer in the country. And besides that, he's a regular amateur detective. What? You heard me. Amateur Sherlock Holmes. Also volunteer traveling correspondent for the Daily Planet. Wow. You better stick around and meet him, Ken. Men like Asa Hatch are scarce. Well, I had no idea he was in town. Harry, my dear, dear fellow, the very man I want to come see. Come in, come in, Asa. Come in and shut the door. Can't pull up a chair. My right. dear Perry, the story of a lifetime. Front page, absolutely. Now, Asa, sit down and stop bubbling like a fountain. Uh, meet one of my bright young men, Clark Kent. How do you do, Mr. Hatch? Delighted, John. Perry, stop the presses. How long before you go to bed? Me or the paper? The paper. Uh, ten minutes ago. Uh, what's on your mind? A sensation, believe me. Uh, look at me, Perry. Uh, Mr. Kent, if that's the name. That's it. Observe me, uh, up and down and sideways. Do I appear dangerous, vicious? Dangerous? 
What are you talking about? Is there anything about me to stir people to rage? Homicidal frenzy? I'm afraid I don't... In words of one syllable, is there any reason why anyone should want to kill me? Kill you? Hey, sir, what are you talking about? Well, my dear fellow, I'm doing my best to tell you. Kindly don't interrupt, merely listen. Yes, yes, we're listening. I said don't interrupt. I arrived in this metropolis of yours from the south and went to the station to purchase a ticket for the west to be explicit for Boulder City. Boulder City? Are you going out to Buffalo Hills? Of course, my dear fellow, if you insist on interrupting, I shall take myself and my story to the Daily Express. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's merely that Kent's going out to Boulder City, too. You'll be company for him. Certainly, Perry, if he enjoys traveling with a corpse. What? The word was corpse. One who has departed this life. Oh, Asa, look here. Would you mind telling us what in heaven's name you're talking about? Not at all. I've been trying to for some minutes. Then what is it? My hat. What? My hat. There it is. Look at it. Mr. Kent, you look at it. I... Well, well it looks all right, Mr. Hatch. Uh, a little dusty on one side, but... Natural the... consequence of being plucked from the gutter. And what was it doing in the gutter? Lying there, gentlemen, after being shot from my head. What? Shot from your head? Quite so. Look at it closely. A hole in the crown, yes. That hole was made by a bullet. What? Please, Perry, your remarks have a certain monotony. The last three have been... What? 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 Uh, but uh, I don't understand. Look, Perry, I came out of the station, walked by an alley, and someone shot my hat, hat off with a rifle. Yes, but uh, who did it? Uh, and why? Did they take you for a gangster? How do you know it was a rifle? Uh, please, gentlemen, one at a time. I don't know who did it, nor why, nor whether they took me for a gangster, and I merely guess that a rifle was used. Why? Because I saw no sign of the perpetrator and heard no shot. Too far for a pistol. Uh, now then, what I should like to know is, what next? Well, Mr. Hatch, have you reported this to the police? Not so far, Mr. Kent. I prefer to come straight to my old friend, White. As I said before, front-page story. Distinguished photographer shot in dark. Attempted murder in the night. Well, Perry? Asa, when did this happen? This evening, barely 20 minutes ago. Have you been anywhere since? I told you I came straight here. I walked across the park, and here I am. The window! The Dickens, that's my Mr. Hatch, stand back from that window. Get back! Are you hurt? No, no, I think not. Mr. White, that was a bullet. Someone fired a bullet at Mr. Hatch through the window. Call the police. Call the press room. Get out there and do something, Ken. I'm going, Mr. White. Hey, you men out there. Ferguson, four. Get in here. Call the police. No, 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 no. Don't call the police. Now then, out of sight in the hall. I think it's time Clark Kent changed into Superman and did a little detective work. If that was a bullet, I know just about where it came from. Uh, out of these clothes. <sighs> Up with the window. And out we go. Out and away. And now then. That shot came through the window and hit the wall across the office near the ceiling. So whoever it was fired it from below and almost directly opposite. Down we go. Down. Down to that empty floor in the loft across from the planet building. Down, down. Down on that ledge. Hope I make a good landing. Here we go. Uh-oh. Almost slipped that time. I wish they'd make these ledges a little broader. Six inches wide and 40 feet above the street. Now then, if I can just edge along a bit. I think that's an open window just ahead. It is. Open just an inch or two. Oh, something's coming out of it. It's a rifle barrel. Great Scott, he's going to try again. 
That lighted window in White's office is a perfect target. Oh, no, you don't, my friend. Not twice in the same place. Not while Superman's around. No time for crawling. Have to burst in there and knock that gun down. Out. And down. And in through the window. Hey, what the... Put down that gun. Where'd you come from? Stand back. I said put down that gun. I won't say it again. You bet you won't say it again. Don't come any closer. All right. <laughs> no good. Bullets just bounce and so will you. Hey, what are you doing? Get away. Get away. Quick. Talk and talk fast. Why did you shoot at Aza Hatch? What do you know about Aza Hatch? Why did you shoot at him? Who sent you here? None of your business. Oh, is that so? Well, I'm making it my business. I told you once before to drop that gun. Get away from me. Get away. I won't talk. You can't let me. Quick. The police will be here in a minute. I hear them downstairs already. Talk. I said talk. Ow, ow, let me go. Quit it. Ow. I'll get you. I'll get you. Yet. Stop that. I won't give you another chance. Look out for that gun. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, got me. Oh, oh, oh I told him to watch out. Oh. Oh. I'm going. Quick. Listen. Hell, what is it? Quick, someone's coming. I'm going. I'll talk now. Listen. Quick, quick. They sent me. Yes? Flores. Of course. Who's Flores? Uh, uh, get Hatch. Flores? Yes. Oh. Oh. oh, he's gone, poor fellow. Nothing I can do for him now. I can't be found here either. One more second, they'll be piling through that door. Out the window. Out we go. Back to the planet office. Up, up, and away. I can't understand it. I can't understand where he went. I told him to get the police and find out what was going on. Come in. Ah, there he is. Speak of angels, Perry, and you hear the flutter of their wings. Can't, can't come in. Man of life, where have you been? Mr. White, they got him. They got the man who did the shooting. Good work. Who was he? I can't tell you that. He was hiding in an empty loft across the street. And when the watchman broke in and cornered him, he shot himself. Shot himself? Why? Well, nobody knows. Mr. Kent, did he have any remark to make on the reason for the shooting? Mr. Hatch, he did say something. He mentioned two names. Ah, what were they? Flores. He said Flores and then Carson. Carson? Great Scott. Did he mean Al Carson, the governor? Oh, beyond a doubt. Go on, Mr. Kent. Well, Mr. Hatch, that's all. It was all he said. Well, what were his exact words, Kent? As near as I remember, he said, they sent me Flores, Carson. I don't believe it. It can't be true. Carson, the governor of a state, sending gunmen to murder innocent people back east? It can't be the governor. Oh, it isn't, Perry, it isn't. But Flores, Pete Flores, I know him well. You do? But what have they got against you? Mr. Hatch, what's it all about? My dear Mr. Kent, I haven't the slightest idea. But I can promise you one thing. You said something about traveling west with me to Boulder City. Yes, that's right. He's covering the celebration at Buffalo Hills. What is it, Mr. White? Yeah? Well, what is it? Great Scott. Look here. More trouble at Boulder City. What? Governor Carson's automobile wrecked in a head-on smash. Ah. Was he hurt? No, just a few scratches. Very lucky. Just how lucky even he doesn't know. Yes, as I was saying, Mr. Kent, about your trip to Buffalo Hills for the celebration. Well, what about it, Asa? Whatever else it may be, it won't be dull. Oh, dear me, no. And as far as celebrations are concerned, Mr. Kent, I think, I say I think, you can prepare more for something like the 4th of July. Mystery piling on mystery. What is Asa Hatch talking about? Who is Pete Flores? 
And what is the connection between Flores and Governor Carson? And why should anyone train a rifle on an elderly scientist and photographer? Tune in next time and follow the story of Superman. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!